All right, guys, welcome to uh, Gun Day Brunch. I'm Caleb Giddings. And I'm Keith Finch. And uh, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors who you will see a lovely banner for here. Uh, if you're watching the audio version, obviously, and if you're listening, well, our sponsors are great and you should check them all out, especially our title sponsor, uh, guns.com. And Keith, Much appreciation. Uh, yeah, we like guns.com. Uh, Keith, uh, before we get into this episode, I'd like to direct your attention behind me to this new piece of art I have because I am back in yes. my office. That is uh, Chewbacca in repose. Just chilling back. Uh, that was a gift to me from my brother-in-law, uh, acquired from a thing called a jockey lot here in South Carolina, which I still have no idea awesome. what the hell a jockey lot is. I don't know a- either, but I, I approve of the acquisition. Oh, he also I'm got me a cowboy hat. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if, if anybody from South Carolina can explain to me what the hell a jockey lot actually is, that would be great. Uh, before- I, too, am curious. But, like, we, we have this thing uh, this time of year called a Zubu, which confused Southerners as well. Oh, that's and where that's, you go to the zoo and get scared. Yeah, it, it's, it's a Halloween event at the zoo. It's the Zubu. Like, I didn't think it was that strange, but a large compatriot of ours was very, very confused by it. <laughs> what Zubu? What Zubu? Explain, smaller humans. We're like, it, it's a Halloween event at the zoo. Like, kids go trick-or-treating and they see animals and... There, there's like haunted walks and stuff. Like it's, it's a Zubu. It's something we do. So uh, that reminds me of an anecdote. Anecdote of the time I got a chick. Uh, good lord! Back when I was a million years younger and lived in uh, Indiana, I got kicked off the planning committee for my church's uh, Halloween party. Which, uh, yes, I used to go to church. Everybody, calm down. But. Here's why I got kicked off the planning committee for my church's Halloween party. So they were planning to do a uh, trunk or treat in the church parking lot, which for people who are not familiar with trunk or treat, it's where you bring a bunch of cars to a centralized location and you give candy to the, and the kids go around from car to car trick or treating. And the idea in theory is that because it's a controlled environment and you know everybody who's coming to the trunk or treat, your kids aren't getting candy from strangers. I, in this planning meeting, said, so do we have any way of controlling who actually comes to the trunk or treat since we're going to blast this out to the community? And they said, no. And I said, cool. So we're essentially teaching kids to take candy from people in cars. And they said, no, not like that. And I'm like, but like that, but, and, but we actually are. <laughs> and so that I was uninvited from future participation. And to this day, though, I still think trunk or treats are friggin' dumb. Um, well, on top of that, it would like, look, there's risk involved when you go trick or treating, but I, until I was older, the parents went too. like, I wasn't yeah. going to get snatched into a house in front of my six foot two, 220 pound father, who would then come through the door after me <laughs> and take care of why ever I just got snatched into the house. Like that, that wasn't going to be a, that wasn't going to be a thing. Let somebody try to snatch my kid while we're out trick or treating one. I will be, we're, we're going to have a booze cart with us. So we'll have him and all his stuff, but we'll also have my wagon that I use for matches, but we'll just be full of booze. So we'll have a booze cart with us. So I will be drunk ornery and wearing a costume i will kick a front door to splinters don't you think these thunder thighs will not go through your shitty decorative front door carrie <laughs> um, anyway uh before oh. i 
I, I, this is going to be a great episode. I love before it. Before I threaten to commit any more crimes on the internet, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> real briefly, we have some actual firearms industry news to address before we get into the meat of the show. So for people who don't know, it's Tuesday the 12th right now. You'll be listening to this on Sunday because we pre-record these. Um, but we've already had... We'll do it live. We've already had breaking news this week that Sig Sauer has uh, self-uninvited themselves from SHOT Show and did it in a way that's so beautifully petty that I have to like slow clap it because <laughs> they're we're out on shot show email hit my box like 10 minutes before the nssf's big like shot show registration is opening up next week guys it it did the same thing for me i was like breaking sig sauer has withdrawn from shot show 2022 and then right in my inbox as i was reading through that ding pre (laughs) hey guys it's time to start thinking about shot show 2022 and i'm like Someone's already thought about it, and they said no. And they said, hard pass, I'm out. So as of right now, so SIG is out, uh, and I've already heard rumors that uh, FN is next. Uh, and I, I, was, I, I had an internal bet with myself, so it wasn't really with anybody. So people can call me a liar, and I don't care. Um, I had an internal bet with myself which of those two companies was going to be first to call it, because in my mind, they were the two in the best to make that decision because they're Mm. both very large, they're international and they're in a good position to make that call if they want to for employee concerns and venue concerns and safety and all the other things that are still a thing with Vegas and the coronavirus restrictions and everything like that. So they, those two were in probably the strongest position to do it and be able to Um, whether all the things that are going to come after it successfully, which opens the door to uh, who's going to call it next. And are we going to reach critical mass really quickly here to where SHOT Show doesn't happen? Well, I already have a solidly unconfirmed, confirmed report that Vista Outdoor Group is going to be director level only, which means for attendance, which means no booth, just like maybe like mm-hmm. a rent a room to do their, you know, because they, they do have to do some business and get some meetings done. Uh, not that those couldn't be Zoomed, but so I've heard Vista is out or at least sort of out. Uh, I have Vista also, is at least reduced. Yeah, I've also, and then of course the rumor mill is just pedaling away at full speed. I think the most interesting thing about this was because I didn't read the NSSF's email until after I'd heard the SIG news, I read it with completely different eyes than I would have if I hadn't read about SIG, right? Because I read their email and they were talking about the new space. So for people who don't know, uh, Shot's been in Vegas for freaking forever. Yeah, Uh, years. And it sucks. Uh, I So first shot show I went to, was in Vegas when they were in the Las Vegas Convention Center. Then the next year it was in Orlando and it was great at Orlando. And then it went back to the Sands Expo Center and it was at the Sands Expo Center every year until uh, the contract ran out last year. And so this year it's in the Venetian Expo Center and the Caesars Forum, which are on the other side of the street from each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the email was like, 
the, yeah, the email was so, so funny. It reads like, you know, the exhibition space is bigger than ever. And they built a sky bridge across the street so you can get from one side to the other. You're not getting hit by a fucking car. And I was like. <laughs> like it, yeah, it, yeah. They, the, lay, the layout change was always going to be interesting. And we were looking at this. We were looking at this change pre-COVID. They were starting mm-hmm. to rumor rumor the change. And they were, they were looking at bringing the Caesars into it. And so it was. It, it was interesting. We, it, it was going to always be interesting how they laid it out and changed the space. And now they're doing it and also are fighting the fact that one of their most massive floor spaces is now oh, yeah. gone. One, the one, of, booth is- one of the biggest, biggest booths, most active booths with uh and they do separate range events and they do mm. all like sig sig makes a massive presence during show. i have so and i do not know this and please note i have i have always had a very uh good relation working relationship with nssf so i this is not beef or anything like that i've had a great working relationship with sig as well i am speculating speculating as a journalist because some things that i do know is that SIG's separate range event, separate from range day, has been a bit of a an item of some discontent between them and NSSF. Uh, and I, I, I have to wonder if behind the scenes, SIG's timing of their pullout and them pulling out isn't just a COVID-related concern, but more of a we can do our own shot show with blackjack and hookers. It could be. And Sig Sig would be in one of the better positions to pull that card. Mm. And if you look at the way the NSSF range day and range portion has changed over the last couple of years, uh, I got disinvited from it when it switched from the open media forum to the invite only medium forum. And I was very confused about that. Yep. I was very confused about that until I realized that all the companies I had formerly worked with no longer go to that range day. Mm. So they had no reason to invite me because they weren't there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I was going to say, I'm not going to shop this year if it happens anyway. So I get invited to it every year. So if you want, I'll register you as film crew for me. <laughs> and you can freaking... <laughs> I, uh, I don't. Uh, you, usually I've got a couple of minions who go out there anyway, who get the coverage, who wait in the lines like it's discount, you know, Cedar Point it or some other amusement <laughs> amusement park with, with guns. And I'll usually hit the... Uh, some of the private, it was usually I'd hit the SIG range event. Um, but if we, like, now it's up in the air, are we even going to go this year? Is it actually going to be a thing? <laughs> so the, the the one thing that I will say about the range event and why I kind of was like, like, I'll go, uh, I went, the last time I went to shot was 2018 because I was, no, wait, no, it was 2019. I know, uh, you know how I know it was 2019? Because I have the salient uh, industries hate crime uh, in here. All right. So for everyone who's watching, if you're watching the visual feed, this karate kid headband, which I have was the invite 
to the uh, Sailing Arms International SHOT Show 2019 party, which was Japanese themed. This is also probably a hate crime in 2021 because Sailing's <laughs> white dudes. Anyway, this party was the wild one of the wildest parties I've ever been to at SHOT. I barely remember it because I got I got hammered, if like you do. Um, but You're they in had Las Vegas for work party. Duh. Uh, so they had so. Do you remember the most extreme elimination challenge? Yes. Yeah. So they did that live at the party with like actors, I guess, that they hired off the strip. And then I don't really remember there. Some dude ate sushi off another dude. Like, I don't, I don't remember much, but every year in my Facebook memories, I'll get a pop-up of me in the van that they used to shuttle people back and forth from the venue to uh, the main hotel, the whole van my with myself in front leading a entire van of fully grown adults is belting journey like all of us do <laughs> i have any memory of this event none <laughs> none whatsoever i it pops up in my news feed around january ish and i'm like oh that's geez how fucking hammered was wit <laughs> yeah it was a good time uh great time so speaking of fan of uh well, not vans, but speaking of brands and the things and the things that people do around those brands, uh, today's actual episode title is which gun fandom is the worst. And I would like to dedicate this episode to the guy that commented on our last episode and called us worthless clowns. Sir, I take offense to that remark. If I were a clown, I would charge for my services. You're getting this for free, buddy. Yeah. Welcome to Worthless Clowns Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Giddings. Uh, and today we're going to talk... Oh, this is, episode is also dedicated to the guy who rage quit because we made fun of CZ fanboys. Um, so this I'm one's... proving our point. <laughs> kind of. So first off... Like, bro, was, I own CZs. Like, I get it. But at the same so time... Here's something that's always been weird. And we, we mentioned this a little bit off. The idea of brand fandom right so like mm -hmm. i understand following a sports team because a sports team does a thing right like they're they're doing something but like i'm like being a fan of you know rings blue guns doesn't make any sense because this doesn't do anything it's, it's just it's just an object it, yeah it's just it's just a thing it's just a little thing now by the way, we can also have this conversation about trucks and cars. And oh yeah, there's there are people like it. it you get in, you get into the pickup truck wars. Like who has the best 150 series or 1500? If you want to add an extra zero, or one of the ones that just have a name, but they're all freaking pickup trucks. Who, right. Who has the best variant of the 5.7 liter pickup truck? So the so and I and here's the thing. I do understand. I understand where brand fandom starts i understand it starts as a preference like i have a preference for beretta 90 series pistols and i can also i also have a preference for revolvers but i can also acknowledge that that's not because like they're somehow inherently better i'm perfectly capable of saying I like this more than this. And here are the reasons why, but I'm also not going to argue with people on the internet. If they're like, no CZ has the superior double action trigger system. And I'm like, 
cocaine, cocaine okay, if you like it. Yeah. And then that's the end of the conversation. So I'm juggling cats here. Yeah, you, you are juggling cats. And I have to comment you on your extremely aggressive Avengers uh, Avengers t-shirt. It's so loud. I love this thing. I bought it in Poland. I found it in Poland of all places. And I was like, well, I need that. I feel like that's definitely not licensed merch. Almost certainly not. <laughs> but it, it actually might be because it's the like it's the full expanded uh, Marvel Marvel cast, so it might actually be through D or through Marvel Comics, hmm. and not through um, the MCU type uh, properties. Or it could be uh, Eastern Europe. It also it might be, be like completely unlicensed. They just printed it in a shop in Poland somewhere, and I bought it. So, uh, yeah. If you guys ever want to get unlicensed merch, uh, Korea is a great place for that too, because they don't give a fuck about copyright. Right. So anyway, uh, who has the worst? Fandoms. Yeah, back to fans. Uh, I. Of the fandoms that I have encountered, I think worst is a hard thing to categorize because like CZ fanboys are annoying in the same way that IPA fanboys are annoying, right? Like I don't mind a good IPA. What I mind is the guy who's like, no, bro, it's like you got to taste the 86% hops that are in it. And I'm like, I could just go chew grass too. Right. Similarly, CZ fanboys, I've shot some shot, some SPO1 shadows or whatever they're calling them now that were sick. And every time I see that there's a checkmate for sale, I'm like, ooh, box ready, open gun. So believe me, I like me some CZ handguns. However, it's the fanboys when they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. See, because the slide rails are on the outside and the inside is on the outside, it gets an extra glide ratio and the recoil impulse is softer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, just grip your gun harder, dude. Um, just, just shoot your gun, man. Yeah. Just, just shoot it. You, yeah. you hold it and you shoot it. You spent $1,000 on an SP-01 and, you know, ballpoint pen springs to make it cycle your 125.5 power factor bunny farts and you got junked by a girl with a Glock 34. Congratulations. Like if, if you can't, if you have to specialize a gun so far to make it run, like, look, I get it. It's nope, a don't finish that sentence. You, Dude, don't, you, because I, let's not talk about what happens to me to my revolvers to make them ready for say. <laughs> so we just I, we I probably shouldn't they just post on the gram sir <laughs> like we're not we're not going down that road um no so it's easy fanboys but, are fine but, but seriously if you get and it's a two-parter so i'm going to finish the thought in a way but it's okay. a two-parter if you have to specialize your gun so far um in order to reach perfection of a certain brand not inserting a name that might be a brand motto um but if you have to, if you have to go so far to make it run the way you want, sure, fine, cool. You're making your gun run the way you want it to run, and if that's for gaming, by all means, make your gun, you know, optimize it for gaming because you're doing it to play, you know, more competitively within the rule set. It's the same reason that you'll use a higher refresh rate on a monitor if you're a first-person shooter guy and have good processing speed in your computer if you're running those type of games versus if you're more like a real-time strategy gamer or you know any any of these others those factors might not matter at all because the game type doesn't take those into account right but if you're a dirty gamer and you're running a dirty gamer gun to the best of your ability awesome but you also generally don't sink into the my dirty gamer gun is the best dirty gamer gun because of the base brand and not what you did to it so 
So I do have uh, my vote for who is the worst fandom, by the way. Um, and it's not CZ fanboys, by the way. And it's not Glock fanboys. And it's not Agency Arm fanboys. And it's not even M14 fanboys, although you guys are. I would be very mad at you if you could get up off the couch, but I'm not too worried about that. So um, <laughs> The hate comments are going to flow. I'm on a fucking regular day. All right. So anyway, no, here it is. It's XD fanboys. And here's because XD <laughs> fanboys are the fucking libertarian. They're the libertarian contrarians of the internet. What you actually wanted XD fanboy was a Glock, but you had to be different. What you actually wanted wasn't even a Glock. You wanted the fucking idea of a Glock. You wanted a nine millimeter striker fired polymer framed gun. That's made by a reputable manufacturer. And Given those parameters, when you could have bought a SIG, which has military law enforcement contracts, a Beretta, which has military law enforcement contracts, uh, frickin' uh, MMP, which has military and law enforcement contracts, sidebar, the MMP 2.0 has been done dirty by the modern market, because that's a good gun. It uh, really has. I, I had the, I had had this conversation several times that like the the issues that kind of left the original MMP in the dust shackled the MP 2.0 because the MP 2.0s are freaking legit really great nine guns. and 45 they're super super good guns to run you know so with oh you could have got an hk vp9 but instead yeah. you went and got a gun made in eastern europe which when i think quality control oh yeah I think Eastern Europe. You went and bought an HS2000, guys. Yes, which for the record, when it was the HS2000 and it was $300, I was all about the HS2000. I'm like, this is a good deal. It's $700 now for an XCM, $700. Mm -hmm. And you have a grip safety that breaks and renders the gun unusable and you have your grip zone, but you're trying to tell yourself that this is just as good as one of these other guns made by a reputable brand. Uh, and I just like, I don't, I, fun fact for the people who will accuse me of hating on XDs, I have had four, three. I had an XD Tactical in 40. Then I had one of the first XDMs. Then I had one of the first XDM-525 competition guns, and I still think that the XDM-525 competition is a good gun for competition. I ran an XD-525 competition gun as my IDPA competition gun, and I liked it a lot. I just It's a fine gun. It was a a good gun for what it was. I never experienced a grip safety break issue, but that is something that could have come and has Down, happened just because to many people. The, the X, it, it is a known problem with the XDs. That is a weak point in the design. And I think this is what gets me to my problem with the XD fanboys is that if they just said, this is a fine gun, I'd be like, it is a fine gun. It's overpriced, but it's, it's but, fine. But you get all of this, like, my XD is better than a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh. Which, as a side, an aside... This is my problem with fans of any striker fire polymer frame nine millimeter who insist that your striker fire polymer frame nine millimeter is better than the other striker fire polymer frame nine millimeters. Newsflash if you're buying a new production striker frame or fuck striker fired polymer frame nine millimeter in 2021, they were all designed to do the same fucking thing. They're all designed to hold all pretty much built on the same lines. 
There's a reason that once you know how to take apart a Glock, you pretty much know how to take them all apart. Yeah. And all their barrel steels, pretty much the same. Little difference in the rifling cut, little difference here and there. But if you take them all apart, they look really similar on the inside and use very similar materials. And so if you want to, you know, have a fight about nitride, melanite or tenifer or all these other things you want to if you want to go down that road by all means go down that road if you think the glock gen 5 with their marksman barrel that cut down on their mechanical accuracy was like the the absolute like glock perfection they finally perfected it after the fifth iteration when gen ones worked it was a great handgun back in gen one um but like they finally perfected the perfection this time around versus you know the h&k guys who are like oh, i'm an h&k snob it's like you got a bp9 you got the poor of the h&k pile um really great gun. Um, yeah but great gun and the p30 is a great gun it's one one of my favorite um the p30 TDA guns a, oh, the p30 is better than the vp9 um, so comfy to shoot it's so good i, I like it it's uh, it's an experience but i can tell you i dislike the p30's trigger when compared to the uh sig uh legion triggers that they have that's just because um, you've never had a gray guns bp9 or a p30 yeah uh, well obviously because that's a gray gun sig so <laughs> yeah well it's it's <laughs> what you compare no oh, this stock hkp30 trigger is not as good as my gray gun sig get fucked that's like saying <laughs> fucking stock. but yeah it, 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 it what what it comes down to with fandoms is you can like a gun you can absolutely like a gun. You can have a brand preference. We do. We have brand preferences. I mm -hmm. love certain brands while even acknowledging that certain fans and certain brands are like, maybe tone, it back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe tone it back like two, go from 11 to nine. Let's go from 11 to nine guys. Um, just tone it back to it's fine, but we can like brands and have preferences and have, you know, things that we find, very, very comfortable or just things that we like about how a gun runs without developing a mythological bonding to this brand that like it is absolutely better than all these other people who also do quality work. Just, yeah. just saying. So, so uh, I, XC fans are still the worst. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just, and, and honorable mention to bullpup fans and 45 ACP fans. Uh, which, as a bullpup, as a bullpup fan, I feel properly called out for my sins. I'm still going to love the X95 because that thing fucking rocks. <laughs> did you hear that uh, the Israeli military is getting rid of their force for M4s? Yes, yes for, the, for the end time, I've, I've heard that. And then they promptly bought more of them. So <laughs> I think I'm going to there was a guy who wasn't in on the joke in the comments last episode. So if you guys don't understand what the hell I'm talking about, we did an episode about this and it, it as we were recording the episode, the IDF released a statement saying, uh, no, we're just, we're, we're buying M16s for certain or M4s for certain units. And we're still buying with four, everybody calm your tits. <laughs> and, but now uh, I'm just going to say that every episode. And if you don't get the joke, then go listen to our whole back catalog. And yeah, with there, that, there's a, there's a reason you can be in on the joke guys. Yeah. And uh, with that, speaking of whoever is downloading the episode about Joe Biden, uh, like twice a week, do, are you okay? <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you need to talk to somebody like, 
Um, in all seriousness, though, we're going to wrap up this episode. I do want to say thank you to everybody for listening, downloading, and sharing the podcast. I do see the numbers every week. I'm I'm fascinated always by the downloads, especially of the audio version, because it is very much a visual podcast, especially if you like looking at things like Keith's amazing Eastern European Avengers shirt. Um, Absolutely, my- maybe, almost, kind of <laughs> licensed, maybe. And my hate crime <laughs> headband and my Chewbacca wall art. So, you know, uh, if you're if you're listening to the audio version, thank you. Please keep doing that, especially you guys out there on iTunes. Our biggest numbers come from iTunes. Um, but that is it for this week. And we will be back next week with another episode where we might even be wearing the same clothes. Who knows? All right. Later, guys. <laughs>